As we face the hard reality that not everything will be done in time for Christmas, Jesus reminds us that he is coming into our midst anyway. Our only job is to show up completely. There are no halfways when it comes to metanoia. Richard Helmer delivered this sermon on Sunday, December 16th, the third Sunday of Advent. In the name of the God of John the Baptist, Amen. Well, it's that time of year for many of us. I don't know about you, but I am feeling impossibly behind in Christmas preparations. The stress seems to peak just as the days get darkest. And here we are a little over a week away and all through the town, every creature is stirring, running, shopping, and yelling. Our children are generally more irritable. Just yesterday, I witnessed two very public meltdowns of kids on the streets of Mill Valley. Their parents looked completely overwhelmed, stressed to the max. There is not enough time left and yet there is much left to be done. And many of us are called by our vocations and positions of trust and general good manners to put on a happy face, publicly at least, while things, in the words of a friend, turn bubbly black inside. Yep, it's that time of year. The worst of our family dynamics become almost intolerable. In the Helmer household, discourse devolves too often these latter days into whining, complaining, and sniping. The purchase of the Christmas tree threatens to become a cosmic incident. And just when we are supposed to feel our energy rising, many of us become exhausted and worse than irritable, and the podium falls, and the general expectation that we be joyous while spending money, time, and energy we might or might not have risks making some of us all the more Scrooge-like. Bah! Humbug! Today's gospel, the stresses are high, too. John the Baptist sends word from prison, and Jesus must have recognized in his cousin and mentor what danger he himself was in. Imprisonment was only one likely outcome for his challenging the status quo. Execution was also a possibility on the table. The crowds were pressing in, the stress is high, and yet John asks, almost demands, some clarity. This character, John, a crazy wild man who keeps popping up over and over again in this season. He wants to know from Jesus' own lips whether or not it has been worth it. Before the end comes, he wants to know if the ultimate price of total devotion to truth-telling, baptizing, and the God of heaven, if all of this and the dangers it has brought are worth it. And so he sends word to Jesus in today's gospel word from prison. 
His demise is apparently understood as inevitable. He wants to know who this Jesus is without a doubt. Is he the Messiah or not? Jesus' response echoes across time to us, inviting John and quite likely us too to decide for ourselves to turn over in our minds and hearts what it means that the blind now see, the lepers walk, the poor hear good news, the deaf are unstopped, and the dead are raised. We are asked to reflect deeply on someone who only asks that we not take offense. A pretty low requirement if you think about it very long. And then Jesus immediately turns to the crowds with an intensely emotional set of questions, sprinkled with a bit of ironic humor. But like all humor, it is tinged with something profoundly serious. What did you go out into the wilderness to see, Jesus asks them. What do any of us go out of our way to see, for that matter? Are we entertained by rising early on a Sunday morning to come to this place to enjoy the beauty of our liturgy, to see a reed shaken by the wind, as many public figures are, to see someone dressed in soft robes, as we like to dress up and parade around? Jesus' questions might be a bit humorous, but they are cutting even for us. What is our motive for showing up to hear prophetic words or engage in a religious community? Is it only to be entertained? Is it to simply broaden our minds a little or learn something new? If so, what do we Christians have to offer that's truly different from our media-driven, information-saturated age? Indeed, Jesus asks, the crowds went to hear prophecy, but to what end? Surely our lives are not fulfilled day to day through merely having a sense, general or specific, about what will happen next. If it were enough to know that Christmas is coming, that Christ is coming to us, that this fragile world is ultimately destined to be turned inside out by the living God, would that end our stress this time of year or lower our anxieties? I sincerely doubt it. At least it hasn't yet worked for me. John the Baptist preached metanoia, transformation, repentance, as we often hear it translated, Conversion, the utter remaking of the heart, in addition to a complete change of life. Jesus asks his followers, as he asks us, are we prepared to welcome God at that level, or are we simply along for the ride? When we approach God's table, we are being invited to not simply show up, but to engage. It's an impatient and insistent plea from our God in Christ who wants us completely committed, not perfect, 
not in control, not even caught up, but committed in relationship. John the Baptist warned against hypocrisy last week when he proclaimed the scribes and Pharisees a brood of vipers. There is no room in metanoia for half measures or mere dabbling. This is not a fake-it-till-you-make-it job, this walk with Christ. God seems to want all of us. We cannot serve two masters, Jesus says very much in the same vein as his cousin John. We cannot turn back when Jesus calls us forward and simply bury the dead. We cannot put our hands to the plow and look back. The kingdom of God, the inbreaking reign of the divine, demands our utmost, our fullest attention and commitment. Somehow we are told that the transformation God demands and then brings to the human family through Christ begins in us. We are, if we dare, the least in the kingdom of heaven, the leaven that will help turn John's prophecy into reality. We are the doorways for Christ, for the world. That is why our anxiety and stress at this time of year pose a real spiritual danger for us and for our sisters and brothers If we obsess, as we are prone to do, over the Christmas preparations, we may find ourselves still stressed and in preparation mode on December 26th. We may miss the opening that Advent has demanded of us. We may be too busy to notice the Christ child born in our midst. Even before the arrival of Christianity in Northern Europe, this time of year was seen as a battle to some degree between light and darkness. I'm not, frankly, all that fond of theology constructed around battle or war imagery, but our struggle in Advent during these darkest days of the year when all of our neuroses and obsessions and compulsions tend towards overdrive, the struggle cannot be overstated. Jesus stands at the doorway knocking. Advent and Christmas are not ultimately for our entertainment, but for our remaking. We are called to stop, to set down our obsessions for a moment, our race towards the finish line, our neurotic pursuit of power. We are called to stop and dare, dare to be reforged. If we will only put our full selves forward, beyond all the pressures we feel, beyond the shrill demands the world places on us, especially this time of year. This is the business of Christianity, reforging hearts. For only hearts that are reforged and fleshy and pliable can serve God's reign in healing a broken world. Hearts that are steeped in compassion and made vulnerable and visible. Hearts with which we touch one another and through which we are reunited in community. 
the great counterpoint to all of our activity in the Christmas preparations is Christ's demand that we stand still long enough for God to remake us from the inside out. So when the world screams for us to hoard, run, and drop, we are called to give. To give and become, for perhaps a moment, the least among us. For the least will be the greatest, says our God. Remember that with me as we face together the horror that not everything will be done in time for Christmas. Remember that with me as we face the dark nights of anxiety when the family is driving us nuttier than Christmas cake. Turn to Christ when the world demands our fullness only to milk us for all we're worth. And when the children pick up on the stress all around them and reflect it back with torrents of tears and mouths wide open, be the least right there and know the inbreaking of Christ, that light shining in the darkness, that light that transcends all our expectations and makes us anew, anew for a world that God is still creating in our midst and above all, in our hearts. Amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We are a growing, welcoming community for those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You can reach us by phone at 415-388-1907 or visit us online at OurSaviorMV.org. That's O-U-R-S-A-V-I-O-U-R mv for millvalley.org. We wish you God's peace, and we hope to be able to greet you in person very soon.